0: What's going on, family? What's going on? What's going down with shaking welcome to another episode of John the Soul. I'm talking to a fantastic uh, creator in this particular episode, a gentleman by go, a gentleman that goes by the name of Antoine Ghost Mitchell. He has a comic called Sankofa's Embrace. Sankofa's Embrace is a magical, adventurous. Uh, you know, kind of like a Middle Ages. Uh, when I say Middle Ages, I mean like you know, horse-drawn buggies and 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 rifles and shit like that, and and, and it's all kinds of drama and, and very interesting character development and so forth. But really, what makes this book stand out and one of the reasons why I grabbed it was the African and the West African themes and inspirations that you find uh, just below the surface. There's one scene where this magic this magic user, um, you know, is in a carriage and they're being attacked. And uh, she, you know, summons basically an apparition uh, inspired by Onorisha. If you don't know what Orisha is, look it up. But uh, once I that, so, I was like, okay, I think this brother gets it. You know, he's one of those people uh, that need to be part of this John the Soul family. So I reached out to him. He gladly came on the show. And we're going to listen to it. But first... This message. Whoa, you must be a real sci-fi fan to come all the way down here.
1: Yes, I'm here for the
0: book. You mean the sci-fi novel Malcolm Mars by Jonathan Soule? Yes, how do I get a copy? I need it to save the universe. Okay, okay, no problem. Just go to Amazon.com and look up Malcolm Mars by Jonathan Soule. You can read it on your tablet or smartphone. Antoine Ghost Mitchell, how you doing, sir?
2: I am doing very well, and I must say it is an honor. Um, it was it, it man. When I listened to that interview, uh, I mean, listen listened to that um, that um, my mind is I don't know why the review, the so comic book review. Today. Yeah, when I listened to that review, first of all, when I saw that it was a it was a review, I was like, oh shit. Excuse my language, I'm sorry. Oh, shut You know, I was like, wow. And then when I listened to it, man, when I watched it, bruh, you, you pulled out so many things that I, the fact that you researched, you saw a lot of things that I was using, even, even if like some of the stuff I only use maybe like 5% of, mm-hmm. just just to have the reaction that you that you had because i know what i know what names do i know what words do you know and growing up as a um avid final fantasy uh game play video game player they would always have these different names in it that you've heard somewhere else
1: mm-hmm.
2: and so me being also a history and mythology buff and just loving different cultures and what have you, and learning, and then I would hear these names pop up again and again, and it would make me just go read. Yeah, you know, the fact that you that you, bro, I thank you so much.
0: <laughs> well, here's the thing, man. I mean, our culture is a well, and you went deep into the well. You know, but the beautiful thing about it is, you know, others have have have, have sipped that that sweet water and you and you giving it back to us. And so of course it's gonna resonate with Man. me. You know what I mean? I'm I'm sitting in a lecture one day listening to Malefe Ketea Sante in Philly and then, you know, Ron Karinga and another one and then um, you know, another poet and you know uh this other one and I'm buying you know what I mean? So it's like this is why I do what I'm doing. You know oh. what I mean? Because it's beautiful to see my people be beautiful, and this is beautiful, yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. that's really what it is. Now, I, I must I gotta key in on something off mic. You said that you were a spoken word artist. Now, <laughs> my question to you is, is there any parallels between you crafting a spoken word piece and this comic,
2: brother? That is a very great question. Um, as I said, like, um, before we started the interview, I, I um, I haven't participated in any of our open mics in a while. Mm-hmm. I, I do frequent them every now and again, right. but that whole crafting of, of, uh, a poem, um, it, it, the way that I wrote, you know, always trying to use some type of imagery. Mm-hmm. It actually did transition to that when I was writing. Okay. Um, as you as you read it, I don't do much narration. Right. Um, and that's, that's that was just a personal choice. But when I do my narration with some of the um, future stories that I've written for Sankofa's Embrace, um, I always try to have it kind of like a poem.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, not too, too far, but just, I love Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. So my poems are my Easter eggs. You know, um, and it's a way to just, you know, doing it independently with no boss other than my wife, Queen, Mm -hmm. uh, doing it independently allows for that, that, that freedom of creativity and, you know, you're, you're just pretty much trial and error and see how people respond to it, you know? Gotcha. But yeah, it, 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 my background in spoken word poetry definitely plays a big role in this, even in some future ideas I have for some scenes you know okay so don't be surprised if you see a poetry reading of some of some sorts that's why i think avatar the last advent is one of the best cartoons because they had an actual spoken word poetry uh slam in there in one of the later episodes are you serious it was i don't know if you it was it was when um uh soka um i forgot what town they were in i it might have actually been in the first season um but he entered this area and it was just full of, full of uh, girls Mm -hmm. and they were reading, they were reciting poetry. Okay. And he like the buffoon that he could be, that he can be sometimes Mm -hmm. he was listening, but he accidentally made noise or something. And he ended up on stage going back and forth with, I guess the the head of it. And it was pretty funny because it looked like it was a poetry slam and, Little things like that, I believe, really help with storytelling and it help resonate, even if especially when it's a fantasy, mm-hmm. it helps resonate some bit of humble realism to it, you know?
0: Right, right, right. For, for those who don't know, can you please describe Sankofa's Embrace? Describe the comic in this first issue.
2: Uh, good. Uh, good question. Basically, Sankofa's Embrace is what I would describe as an Afro-fantasy. Now, I I didn't create that term, Afro-fantasy. I forgot where I heard it, but it pretty much comes from the same roots of Afro-futurism, um, you know, Afro-punk, pretty much anything that has an African influence to it, you know. Um... Basically, Sankofa, as you pointed out in your review, is a West African term from the Mm Akan, and it means uh, to go back and fetch it, or remember the past. Mm -hmm. Um, That is a very important symbol to me. Um, So basically, Sankofa's embrace, it's, it's, I'll give you the little synopsis. Um, Thousands of years after the great shattering, the Yorugu moon appeared over the skies of imbalance and signaled the prophecy of a coming battle between balance and disorder that would dictate the final fate of the world. Mm -hmm. Representing balance are the Sankofa children, the Mayat child, the embodiment of creation and order, and the Yorugu child, the vessel for destruction and chaos. However, the Sankofa children haven't been seen for thousands of years. None, save a few, even remember who they were basically it, it it has a lot of common elements such as balance um i love dealing with balance i love dealing with elements um and it 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 i love reading these deep layered stories that have so much history in it even if that history is made up mm-hmm. so sankofa's embrace is it, on a base level it's just like your traditional epic fantasy when you have a group of characters from different walks of life who are pretty much forced to come together for some task, and through the story they grow. And and some may grow in ways that you expect, some may grow in ways that you don't expect, mm-hmm. but the characters won't be in the same place they were when you first picked the book up. Gotcha. Um, adding to that fantasy element you know the magic Mm -hmm. but uh, but unlike a lot of your i guess popular fantasies like lord of the rings and even final fantasy um i didn't really take the western side of it Mm -hmm. as many fantasies do i wanted to go i wanted to take a different approach um and in this story man did not start with African influences at all mm-hmm. it started in 1990 December 1999 when I beat Final Fantasy 8 and cried when I beat it
1: <laughs> because
2: I got yeah and you know Final Fantasy 8 if you know anything about Final Fantasy fans Final Fantasy that particular installment is a classic but it's also you have fans who love it you have fans who hate it okay but the characters to me that was the first Final Fantasy I played through on my own and I beat on my own and when I beat it by the time I got to the end I had grown with the character so much oh wow um, and the 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 impact of the ending for me made me cry wow but I knew at that point and already at that point I already wanted to do comic books I wanted to draw comic books I'm mm-hmm. a big X-Men fan still a big X-Men fan go get House of X okay um shameless plugs that ain't even my own plug Mm -hmm. Um, but I knew I wanted to create a story that would capture people just like that okay that you will see a character that you gravitate towards and something happens to that character and you feel it you feel the anger you feel the happiness and the first glimpse I got into that amongst other glimpses of course is Final Fantasy 7 when Ares was killed Erith was killed. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw how my cousin reacted to it. I'm like, man that that's kind of heavy mm. and but since then, I wanted to craft this fantasy, but um, when I came back home to Baton Rouge from Houston mm-hmm. and I went to Southern, um, that's when it started to take that turn to becoming less Western and more African bit by bit. And that had a lot to do with learning things that I never was had access to. Even with going to the art school over in Houston, the Art Institute of Houston, mm-hmm. never learned anything about African art, or shoot, art from different indigenous people across the world. Mm-hmm. You know, when would you do that, you would see a lot of those African influences, um, or you would see it, but you wouldn't know it because they wouldn't give credit.
0: You so know. So when did when did the door open up? When did you have? It sounds like. It sounds like you had your, your 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 awareness of your you know Africanness opened up in college. Is that right or no?
2: No, you're right. You're very right. Um, in college, not saying the way I grew up was bad, man. My childhood was was pretty much, it was pretty much fun. Um, but I started learning more. of Huh? I said, thank God. <laughs> you know yeah, I know, right?
0: I don't want everybody Ooh, to grow a lot, up a lot like. Of my co-
2: Boogie, a lot of my comrades can't say that. you know I'm a, a lot of my comrades can't say that man yeah. so I'm 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 very blessed and humbled mm-hmm. um but when I started when I went to southern I started learning more about african art for one thing and started learning that um uh, the majority of african art wasn't just for decoration it was actually it had a fun- functional meanings to it mm-hmm. So not only was I learning about the aesthetic um, the aesthetic beauty of African art, I started mm-hmm. learning about the aesthetic beauty of the people themselves. Mm. Um and then now, was that particular I,
0: was there a particular teacher or or a conference yes. you went to or okay, who was it?
2: Oh man! At Southern, man, it was my first mentor, who's still my mentor, is Doctor—I mean, um, Professor Robert Cox. Uh, he was my drawing instructor. Wow. He broke us down and built us up.
1: Okay. But
2: he also he also taught um, in a few art history classes, mm-hmm. and the way that he taught it just made you want to engage more. Mm. And then, from a psychology point of view, um, it was this class I took called African American Experience. Mm-hmm. And it was basically a, uh, a it's a black psychology class, hmm. and it was a uh, doctor Reginald Rackley. Mm-hmm. Um, I started le- that's when I started learning more about different African the uh, the African worldview and different um, different psychologists, um, African psychologists, or different peoples like Francis uh, Cress Welsing, mm-hmm. um, and then just meeting and then like meeting other people, you know. Um, the the people who married um the lady the 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 couple who married uh, my wife queen and i we got married in 2007 and we had Beautiful. a yoruba wedding
0: oh and, a yoruba um, wedding so yeah. how is that different Would y'all jump the broom no that's american what what y'all do different
2: no 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 we the jumping the broom aspect was part of it um um we are, and we're not yoruba but the Aransi who married us uh she practices yoruba so it had a lot to do with a lot of the different uh, traditions that we did. And she, I know she probably could have went a lot deeper, mm-hmm. but that's a whole different conversation. Right, right, right. Um, but it was very beautiful, um, um, even to the point of the, the, the countdown that she did when we, uh, to jump the broom. Oh, wow. Um But through her, that's what I learned a lot about um, Orishas. Okay. Um, orishas are pretty much fundamentally a Yoruba thing um, I mean you have Santeria um, and you have um, Bodun but all of those are different roots of Yoruba and you have these different um, spirits Yeah. Um, you know Oshun, Oya mm-hmm. what have you and mm-hmm. when you picked that up that 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 I was like yes!
0: Now it's- I gotta be honest with you that's really what drew me to your book was that your some of at least one of your characters, uh mm-hmm. their power set or their magic <laughs> was based on on Orisha, releasing like an Orisha. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about that?
2: <laughs> Dude, that is like one of my favorite scenes. Uh and I'm gonna be honest with you, St. Culture to Embrace not only is it my first comic book that I've done, it's my the first comic book that I've done to that length, like creating it and then getting it back, getting it shipped back to me and seeing the finished product. Mm-hmm. When I got to that page, man, I cried. I almost, I almost cried.
0: That's beautiful. I'm looking um, at the, the spread right now, man. It's gorgeous.
2: They, they just thank you. Basically, um, that, that, that one page, that one scene is, is, a actually, it's a direct, uh, it's a compliment to many things. Um, it's a shout out to Final Fantasy because, you know, in Final Fantasy, you have them summoning these different spirits that are, even if only by name, mm-hmm. are, based, are based on certain people from like Indian beliefs. When I say India, like Indian from right. India. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, they got a character, uh, a, a summon named Shippa, who is not the destroyer. It's, you know, it's a she and she uses ice magic. But hmm. that's when I wanted... I was like, man, I want to do something like that to pay homage to Final Fantasy, but also pay homage to African different African cultures. Mm-hmm. So when I started learning a lot about um, Orishas and uh, especially a lot of the elemental aspects of it, mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to use elements in Sankofa's Embrace. Beautiful. And so I'm going to say I loosely use um, Orishas um, even if only by name because one thing I didn't want to do is I didn't want to go in and act like I was an expert on Yoruba culture
1: right
2: Right. but I wanted to do it in such a way where it pays homage to that culture and any other culture that I uh, that that I use for inspiration to show a beautiful light to it Mm -hmm. and to inspire people to you know let me go learn about this, you know, or, man, I never, I, I've i been hearing the word Orisha, let me go learn about Orishas, and then right there, you learn about a whole culture that you didn't know about, or knew very little about. Mm-hmm. So, that's my, that that's pretty much my shout out to uh, Final Fantasy's use of summons, um, and, and uh, Yoruba culture.
0: Okay, okay. So we talked about, you know, like, uh, gave people a kind of, a thumbnail sketch of, what the book is about, how the inspiration came. But it's so heavy, I'm looking at the you know, the inside of the front cover. Created, written, penciled, colored, lettered by <laughs> Antoine Ghost Mitchell. So tell me about that process, man. I mean, that's a hell of a lot of work for one person to do. I mean, what was that like?
2: You're going to you're gonna have, you're gonna have me calling them other personalities out. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I would actually joke on Facebook about like the, the staff. And I'm like, bro, there, there have been mutinies almost. Hello. You know, I fired a few. I fired a few people. They've tried to fire me, but <laughs> um, nah, actually, um, yeah, primarily I'm a penciler. Okay. Um, but also, uh, my background is traditional art, and uh, and you picked up on another thing that I that that really really had me grinning and smiling. What I'm trying to do is, of course, like my, I guess if you want to say a style, my penciling style, um, it does look a little, I guess, animated. Mm-hmm. But I still wanted to, I wanted people to have that feel when they open it up, they're not just looking at a comic book, but they're looking at, and a comic book is a work of art. I don't care what nobody say. Exactly. But it's like they're looking at some traditional paintings. Yeah. However, I didn't want to make it look too much like a traditional painting because it's not that type of story Mm -hmm. to where you just, it's distracting. Mm -hmm. You know, I've read a lot of comic books and a lot of major comic books that they'll get these pencilers, these artists on there, beautiful work, but the work just didn't match the the style of the comic to the point where it gets distracting.
0: Sure.
2: So I know I wanted the comic book to look dynamic. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also wanted to have, I wanted to show my artistic influences. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you picked it up, but one of my biggest um, influences as far as uh, two-dimensional art is the Baroque period,
1: mm. uh, which
2: came, you know, right after the Renaissance. Mm-hmm. That's when you started to get more forms and paintings and, and statues instead of them just looking stoic. Mm-hmm. And, but one of the biggest things I wanted to take from the Baroque was the use of chiaroscuro, the lights and darts, mm-hmm. uh, the dramatic lights and darts. And if you ever watched the, um, the pirate show um, Black Sails, which is like a very brutal, brutal uh, prequel to Treasure Island.
0: Nah, you no, know, i never Treasure heard of Black Island Sails. Is, okay.
2: It, it came on Showtime, and if you got Hulu, Mm-hmm. It, they got the whole season on the all three seasons on hulu okay but it is it, it's, it's interesting you know it's basically a show about pirates but whoever over there art art direction it's like you can tell you know it's based in like i want to say like the 1700s mm-hmm. um and that's pretty much around the time of a lot of baroque paintings okay so you can tell like Whoever was over the art direction, they wanted those scenes to look like there were natural light as much as they could. Mm -hmm. They wanted these scenes to have the different balances and tones of of lights and darks. And when I saw that on that show, I was like, man, that's how I want to color my book. Okay. So being doing all these things, I'm basically in control over how I want it to look. And I've had people, you know, offer or had people suggest like, well, man, you know, the workload is big. And, you know, I work a full-time day job as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. On top okay. of that, I'm a, I'm a full-time visual, well, I'm an all-time the visual artist. Mm-hmm. So I got art, traditional art commissions that I do that's like not even comic book related,
1: mm-hmm.
2: even in style. Okay. Um, but I was like, this is my first comic. I don't even call it my baby. This is an extension of myself. Mm. This is my all. I'm putting so much on the table with Sankofa's Embrace. You're not just reading a story, but you're reading my own Mm complexities. You're getting a dose of the things that I love, especially music. Mm. Um, Music? All kinds of... Whoa, 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 whoa.
0: whoa. Let's let's, let's touch on that music. What do you mean?
2: Oh, man. For one, I love all kinds of music. I love listening to video game soundtracks. I'm a hip hop head. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a hardcore hip hop head because I know some hardcore hip hop heads personally. Yeah. Um, but I'm a hip hop head. Um, I love all kinds of music. Um, music plays. Okay. A big so what's role. the
0: last? What's the last three albums you bought?
2: Oh, actually, that what's the that was recent, man. Ah, oh, man. You put me on the spot without. Nah, because I always Man, hear, you're...
0: and I'm not doubting you, but I always say, "Well, you know, I listen to all kinds of music." But then I ask them, "What's the three uh, albums you bought?" And it's all in one genre. You know what I mean? So me, I would say I listen to all types, but not really. You know what I mean? I, I listen, and and, and it, it changes. I used to say I used to have a like a song for a certain period of my life. You know, this is you know what I mean, like yeah. a kind of a thing. I mostly listen to ambient. And the sound of the ocean. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You right
2: now, so, No, man. On, you know. That was on, a... on Pandora radio, like, my Pandora radio is pretty much uh, my personality. Like, okay. for instance, in doing Saint Sankofa's Embrace, um, like this scene that I'm drawing, and I thought you liked the picture, um, I'm working on the spread for an in, some interior spreads for, for issue two. Mm-hmm. And man like what i've been listening to i might be pronouncing the name wrong but his name is guam but it's spelled i think guam but it's spelled g-u-e-m okay whatever it is it's basically african percussions okay um for like for instance the character that you spoke of her name is asada who was basically summoning the apparition of the orisha
1: yeah
2: um whenever i'm drawing her Um, whether it be like doing uh, promotional art or interior uh, interiors of her. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to a lot of uh, Fatima, uh, Fatima, she's a a singer from Mali. Okay. Um, And the Dogon from Mali play a huge part in my inspiration for this.
0: Okay, stop, stop, Um, stop, stop, stop. stop. So (laughs) I got to stop you right there. Okay. Black Panther movie, right? Marvel's Black Panther movie. Okay, mm-hmm. you you with me? You with me? Yeah. Okay, now, uh T'Challa and them is in the ship and they about to go they about to you yeah, know they flying and the and and the and the ball of sister says, Hey, you know, we home or whatever. And then they yep. go through the force field and then you hear that music playing. You uh huh. You with me there? Yep. I seen that movie three fucking times. Every time I cry, I just don't understand. What the hell? Bro. Every time. I'm just standing, and then why my face wet? What? When you mm-hmm. talked about soundtrack, I just went there. I mean, did did that soundtrack affect you at all, or, or no?
2: Bruh, did it affect me? I was slick mad. <laughs> Let me be quick. But nah, it, it affected me a whole lot, dude. Like, before the movie came out, I didn't watch any trailers. I, I didn't read no any stories about her or anything. Okay. Um. Only thing. I mean, only thing I watched, which I never watch at all for movies, I watched the purple carpet. Um, and I did buy the soundtrack, the uh, the Kendrick Lamar soundtrack. Okay. And I was like, man, when did they gonna put out like the uh the score? Mm-hmm. You know, because I love movie scores. Yeah. You know, bruh. When we got in the theater, the even the, the even the first music that played at the very beginning, I was like, "Oh, bruh!" Wow. Oh, bruh! Wow. And then that exact scene that you're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, that scene plays in my head at least made that that music plays in my head from that particular scene at least three or four times a week. Wow. That's one of that. That soundtrack is one of the things that I that I was constantly playing uh, while working on Saint Kofi's Embrace. It's not done by African brother, but I'm telling you, the the the, the person who put put together that soundtrack.
0: Yeah, but he talked about he traveled with a Senegalese artist, Mm -hmm. so he picked up you know he picked up the the the, the juice, the essence of it, and you know I mean any any good musician I feel like can do that if they open you know
2: yep but music and art is a journey yeah at least it should be yeah it it should be a journey even even with brothers on the block who want to be hip-hop artists and my hip-hop artists can attest more to this but how can you say you want to be big if you don't travel outside your city Mm. how can you say you want to be big if 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 all you do if you think you're just gonna uh get big off of digital sales and You got to make, just like me, I got to make, I got to try to make these conventions soon. I Mm got to try to make myself known in Baton Rouge and then everywhere else, you know, what have you. You know, I can't just sit behind and promote stuff digitally. Yeah. So, yeah, music and art is supposed to be a journey. And that's one of the things that um, I want to take people um, on with St. Sankofa's Embrace. Mm -hmm. It's a complex story. And I'll admit. When people put me on the spot asking, so what is it about? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: I was like, you know what? I'm just going to grab my flyer and read you the, <laughs> uh, the opening synopsis. And then we could just build upon phone from there because I don't want to spoil nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it's a it's a huge story because even in the beginning, when, I, when it started to come together more, I wanted to, I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to just do it as a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. But the story is so huge. One of the things about graphic novels is you 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 still have to pretty much provide some type of end. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're kind of constrained, um, and that could be a good thing and that can be a bad thing depending on the direction you want your story to be in. Mm-hmm. But. When I when I took a step back I was like, you know what? Let's just do this as let's just do that separate issues. Even if I got a whole breakdown of how I'm gonna do it in different acts. Mm-hmm. Um uh, right now we're on Act One, and Act One is pretty much um it, this could change, but it might be like 13 or 14 issues, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna move to Act Two, and then so forth. But I'm basically treating it like you would treat like a um. Like a like a series on on television, good. Like seasons and what have you. Good. Um But doing it like that gives me time to really actually relax. Mm-hmm. It gives me time to kind of like when I get to say issue four or five, or when I get to the next story arc, I can see what characters people are gravitating toward. At least the characters that I'm uh, producing thus far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can. I, it gives me a chance to see what people are gravitating toward to see how the story is going. And that way, as long as I have my in structure to it, my beginning, my middle, my end structure, Mm -hmm. I'm still free to kind of change some things if needed, you know? Um, or maybe I need to focus a little more on this character or man, this character is real popular. Let me not (laughs) overuse that character so much, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Biggest influences like it's um one of my biggest storytelling influences is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood.
0: Are you serious? Um,
2: that is my favorite anime.
0: Dude, I would say that's you my how- second favorite. My first is um is the vampire dude with the funny hat and the thing in his hand. Uh something Vampire so- Hunter D. The vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, the second one.
2: Dude, you must bro, you must be my brother
0: from another <laughs> brother, <dude. laughs> I'm
2: trying to tell you, man. I'm trying to tell you.
0: I'm trying now, to tell think you. Think about
2: this now. Think about your classic anime. Mm-hmm. Rarely do you have a sequel that's better exactly. than the original. Exactly. Because the original, when I watch the original, and then especially when you read the, some of the novels, mm-hmm. you're like, "That ain't D. He's talking too much." Exactly. You watch Bloodlust,
0: dude, about a hundred times, and I'm not even exaggerating.
2: I believe you. I'm you know not even hundred times. times. I, binged, I mean, when you they. You know how many times. Go ahead. Uh, you know how I many times I binged Brotherhood?
0: How many times?
2: I'm probably on my seventh binge right now.
0: Wow. Okay. You you might have got me on that one. And uh, don't you think that it. Brotherhood is better than the original, uh, you know, Full Metal?
2: I think it is. Um, And I got respect for that first one. Mm-hmm. Mainly because that was being produced when she was still working on the novel
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh on the, gra- on the on the manga she she was still working on it um so it gives some real interesting um different perspectives on some of the characters, especially luck you know yeah um it gives her a heart, but I ain't gonna lie when I started watching Brotherhood, and I never have i'm actually i'm just reading the manga now I got the three and ones, and I think i'm on volume. I might be on the volume with 13, 14, and 15, I believe. Okay. But, um, and actually, the manga makes me respect the original, uh, the first anime a lot more, too. Huh. The ma- the manga itself, let's say they wanted to do a third version of the anime. Mm hmm. They got so much stuff in the manga that they could pull from. It would be like, just like Brotherhood was basically a totally different anime than the first anime. So,
0: well, let me ask if you this were, since I haven't read the manga. Is is mm-hmm. Dante or Father in the manga?
2: Father is. Ah. Father
0: okay. is. Okay. 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 Yeah.
2: Father is the big bad. Um. But yeah, Brotherhood. Um. That is pretty much what I call one of my textbooks. Okay. Just like um, just like Avatar is one of my textbooks.
0: Hmm.
2: Brotherhood is one of my textbooks. Um, uh, because I love the pacing. Mm-hmm. I love. I, I'm big on character-driven stories. Mm-hmm. I love how even the minor characters play a huge role in Full Metal Alchemist.
0: Now, who would you consider minor?
2: Um, man, because to um, me,
0: the minor characters would be the talkative cat with the glasses who got killed in the phone booth. Hughes. He was yeah. minor, but he he you had a big influence, though.
2: I'm glad you said that. That's you know that's great writing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I would compare that to Morgan off of Walking Dead before they started. Before he became like a regular. Okay. I'm I'm be I'm I'm not even really much of a Walking Dead fan. I started watching. I'm like, okay, this is more than about because I'm not really I'm not really into zombies. Mm-hmm. But when I started watching that, I'm like, okay, this. Obviously, is more. Than, it's about more than zombies. They are just really a backdrop. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like for the first season, you've seen this character Morgan maybe for like three of the episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I think after I think maybe the second or third season, when they come back to that hometown you see Morgan again, but he's out of his mind, but it's only like, you only see it for maybe, I think two or three episodes then. Mm -hmm. But then like, flash forward to some seasons later, they do like these, they did like these two minute, like, well, I want to say after credit scenes, but let's just, for lack of better terms, after credit scenes. Mm -hmm. And you seeing Morgan just walking, kicking, just, just beating the hell out of zombies with, with a bow staff, mm-hmm. but think, but that character made so much of an impact on a lot of viewers, including me. Mm-hmm. But you think about it: before then, you rarely even saw that character, mm-hmm. but you knew he was there. Mm-hmm. Just like Father in Full Metal Alchemist, mm-hmm. just like Sauron, just like Sauron in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. That's the big baddie But do you do they ever fight? Do they ever fight Sauron?
0: No, it's almost like these guys cast a long shadow. You don't actually, yeah, see them a lot, but they cast a long shadow. Okay, all right, I see what you're saying.
2: All right, you know that's you know that's the big bad. Mm-hmm. You know that's the that's the villain that they don't want to win. But you're fighting all these other people, but he's there. I all think right. So since we, since we since we
0: connecting on, uh, Vampire Hunter D and and uh, and Full Metal. Are you into sympathetic villains, or you just want to be yeah. just a bad guy? You know, oh, I'd be glad when he's dead type Sympa- thing.
2: I I love multi-dimensional villains. That's a good question.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I love multi-dimensional villains. Hmm. Um, now, I, love, I said sympathetic
0: uh, villains. Is that the same thing in your mind?
2: I, I would think so. Okay, like okay. Um, for instance, my favorite villain is Magneto.
0: Oh, okay. Um, I'm with you on that one. Okay, okay.
2: And, you know, Magneto, you know, and it also depends on the writer, too. Mm -hmm. But Magneto always had the point of view of, like, when he started to, like, when Chris Claremont and others started to develop him more, Yeah. it's like, Magneto really, he didn't want to be known as the Terrorist. But he was like, "All right, these people obviously got weapons of mass destruction. They gonna kill us, mm-hmm. so let's get them before they get us.
0: Right.
2: You know, or if they keep or leave us alone, I got a whole freaking asteroid out here.
0: Right.
2: I ain't messing with nobody. Mm-hmm. Y'all bring y'all problems to my doorstep. Now I got to get you. <laughs> you know, so I, I it's like I like multi-layered villains where you don't necessarily agree with the actions, mm-hmm. but you agree with the reasons, like damn, I can't argue with that. Okay. Um like in, even in Full Metal Alchemist, like, um, I mean they made lust just cold blooded. Yeah. She <laughs> was just ain't with no sympathy to her, which was cool. Um greed. Greed I think is a great example mm-hmm. of that conflicting sympathetic villain. Mm-hmm. Um and then you, you know you got those villains that just don't want it. Like even man, since we talk about full metal, even sloth to an extent. Really, sloth. I mean, he pretty much he ended up being just another one of those villains that just followed orders. Yeah. But like, think about when they were in the north, Mm-hmm. and he was just working. Yeah. When they froze him, it's like I almost felt like a little sympathy for him. Like,
0: wow, damn. okay, because he was just following orders, I guess. See, I he thought you was gonna orders. go with Raph. I really thought you was gonna go with King Bradley. Uh, you know, because at the like, I didn't, I didn't feel nothing for the guy until the end when he was fighting Scar, which I think is one of the most epic fight yes. scenes. You know what I mean? Not because it epic
2: was. And- in scene and in dialogue.
0: Exactly, exactly. And because I gave a damn about both characters.
2: Yes, yes.
0: Okay, I gave yes. a damn about both characters. Okay,
2: all right. Yes, all right. Uh, but but you know, to me, who had the best death scene of the villains? Okay. Freaking envy. Oh, oh
0: okay, yes, okay, I can.
2: Dude. That was a little kind the of theme. sour, little 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 sweet and sour. Okay, all right, all
0: right. The, the dialogue,
2: bruh. Yeah, yeah. That shit always made me cry. Yeah, yeah. He to me, because he was really the most conniving
1: mm-hmm.
2: of all the homunculi. He was the most conniving, and to me, his death had most most of the heart to it because. All that time, he was denying how much he hated humans. Yeah. And you realize he wanted to be a human more than a human. Mm-hmm. But coming to that realization, even then, he was ruthless because I'm going to just kill myself because I'm thinking like this.
0: Right, right, right. Wow. So yeah, yeah, the writer.
2: Is... The, the writer oh. of that series, man, any accolade that she got, any accolade that she will get, she deserves it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, she has a great team behind her. I'm not going to talk about that live action movie that they tried to do. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, well, okay. You know, now you-
0: I'm going to say I'm going to say that the one on Netflix, visually, they nailed it. Yes. Visually, like when I saw uh, Hughes, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, with the sound off, yeah, that's, that's Hughes. Yeah. You know, when I seen Lust, I was like, God damn. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know, even even was, uh, gluttony,
2: right? I mean I was like, Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I think that has a lot to do with the culture too. Okay. Because um, normally i you know, normally I kinda cringe yeah. when Amer when uh, when Hollywood does translation American translations of Japanese properties. Mm-hmm. Other than the leader. I love the leader.
0: Okay, I love I the see that. Leader. okay.
2: Yeah. I, and I love the Leader because the Leader was one of the early anime that I saw uh when I started to really get into anime in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And it was like a maybe a 45 minute anime movie and I'm telling you um I don't know how much I never read the manga uh, but James Cameron and whoever was in work- uh, and and what I think Ronald, Robert Rodriguez um okay. They it's like they it's it's almost like the damn cooler looking version of the forty five minute anime. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So normally on like but in as far as Full Metal Alchemist movie goes, I'm like, you know, visually it it looks good, but it was it was just I don't know, it was too goofy for me.
0: You would like, need a three hour movie to pull off Full Metal yes.
2: Alchemist. To yeah, me. and I ain't gonna lie. In, in Full Metal's case, I think if they did get a passionate American um, director on it, I think they can pull it off. Yeah. I think they can pull it off.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and it would have to be Brotherhood. Just, and to me, it would have to yeah. be those last couple of seasons starting out in Briggs. To me, that's mm-hmm. where I would start it.
2: Yeah. I don't even know, man. Uh <laughs> Dude, it ended. That, it ended with
0: that. Uh, with you know, with what we saw with you know, scar fighting <laughs> and the whole bit and everything. You know, I don't. I just don't feel like in today's era you gotta have an origin story no more. If people know that the film is coming out in a year, don't tell them shit. Let well, them buy the book. You know what I mean? Well, when Marvel.
2: I, yeah. But think about this. Marvel just changed the game on that. Okay. I mean, look at what they did with Spider-Man. mm Hmm. And they pretty much said it. I'm like, okay, by now, you know, you, you, we've, you know, we've already had, you know, we've had a trilogy,
0: like four reboots, And We've right? had,
2: uh, yeah, we've had a trilogy, and mm-hmm. then we've had two movies
0: mm-hmm.
2: by two different actors going in two different directions. Mm-hmm. Both of them had the whole origin thing in it. They pretty much said, okay, we're not telling the same story because people know the story of Spider-Man of already.
0: Of course,
2: they they pretty much made that great assumption and to me that was a great thing to do because it it allowed them to make homecoming and far from home into it allowed them to focus on other things mm-hmm. to try to build a character mm-hmm. some people love it some people hate it you like what you like don't like what you whatever yeah. i think it was a great thing you know we talk a lot about um Like, how are they going to integrate all these other characters now that they got those properties back, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, Like, my favorite, the mutants, Mm X-Men. We know the mutants coming. Kevin Feige already said the mutants are coming. Mm -hmm. I don't think, because I'm a die, X-Men, and that's one thing I don't think I said, I'm a die-hard X-Men fan.
0: Now, my son's favorite X-Men movie is the second one. What's your favorite?
2: Oh, that's Clack. Oh, that's classic. I got a love-hate relationship for the X-Men movies. Okay. But as happy as I am that, yes, they're back. Marvel got, Marvel got them. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You, you can't, I would not sit here like some fanboys do, and I ain't going to diss the whole franchise.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm glad the franchise is over, but X2 and Days of Future Past. But I think X2 arguably is the best one of all of them.
0: What about First Class?
2: First Class, I like. what they, I would put First Class either as second or third. And okay. this and this is not counting. This is not counting like Deadpool or any you know, the Wolverine movies. Okay. Um, just the X Men movies proper. I would put first class probably at probably at number three. All um, right, so you're ranking I, them.
0: So if you're ranking them and you're going down from the five, the top one down to, like, how would you rank them then?
2: Okay, that's good. I'm glad you asked. Um, but without including Deadpool and, and, and Wolverine. I would say include all Wolverine of them
0: things? to me because I feel like you got to include Wolverine. You got to include Logan, don't you?
2: I know. I I, I would have... Man, including Logan really pretty much uh, shakes kegs up for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I would put Logan probably at number two. Okay. uh, If not number one, because it it was just well done. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can tell whoever was over that movie just wanted to make a good uh, Western featuring Wolverine. That's it. That's
0: what I was going for. I was going to say it felt like... It felt like a, a a long episode of True Blood or something like the first couple seasons, yeah. but a, a western is more apropos. They made a western it, that's perfect. It's pretty perfect way to describe It's it.
2: pretty. It's it's pretty much a semi futuristic western.
0: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Um, it's and and it's not over the top, right? You saw cyborgs in a movie, but they weren't over the top, right? You know the Reavers. Mm-hmm. Um, hell, I I think. The Wolverine was awesome. Mm. I think the I think the Wolverine. I think it fell apart during the third act because it kind of got gimmicky. I gotta and I gotta agree with Stan Lee on that. Stan Lee said the same thing. Stan Lee loved it, but he said like when it got to the third act, with the, when he was fighting the Silver Samurai,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it really got uh, it, it got gimmicky. Okay. Um I think if they would have just kept it kind of human. Hmm like him fighting the actual silver samurai instead of making it some type of adamantium machine or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the little twist they had, but I think if they would have just kept it grounded, like, um, I mean, it was a grounded story anyway, but I think if would have kept it more grounded in the third act, like, like the, like the comic book that inspired it, mm-hmm. the, uh, Frank, I think Frank Miller, uh, what's it? Frank Miller, Chris Claremont, I think. Hmm. Um, but basically the very first four issue, we'll read series. Okay. um, that's pretty much where it was taken from. Even down to the scene, if you remember, when he was walking through the snow, he got shot with all the arrows. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty, That's pretty much...
0: Right out the think, comic. I,
2: yeah. yeah. Great movie. So, ah, man... So, number w- one, w- we're w- going to
0: say... Are you saying Logan is number one?
2: Yeah, if we got to include the other ones, I got to say Logan is number one because as, as funny as I think Deadpool is mm-hmm. and enjoyable as it is,
0: yeah, I couldn't fuck with um, Deadpool for real though. It's too much queer it, humor it, for me, man. I just couldn't get with it.
2: I, I wouldn't even put Deadpool at the very top. Mm-hmm. You know, um I you know Logan probably would, would have to be my first. Okay. My second would be uh X two. Okay. Um my third would be Days of Future Past. Okay. Um, well let me back back my third would be the Wolverine. Mm. My fourth would be Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. My fifth would be you know just just because it's classic and it did change the game. Um it, the first X-Men.
0: X-Men 1. Movie. Okay.
2: Yeah, All it right. it changed the game. You know, I look back and see many flaws <clears throat> Storm. But um <laughs> right right right. But um it, you know you got you gotta give it its respect. It it mm-hmm. it, it changed the game. Um. So af, after after X Men, um, Deadpool, mm-hmm. and then Deadpool two. Okay. Um. First class, but first class might go before one of them, and then my final uh, my final three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last stand. Okay. Uh, Well, my final four, I will actually put. I will put Apocalypse before Last Stand. Okay. Even though Apocalypse did disappoint me. Mm Mhm. But I I I enjoyed Apocalypse a little more than the Last Stand. Hmm. But the Last Stand right after Apocalypse, and then after Last Stand, um. This is a this is a toss up. Dark Phoenix mm. and, and and X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, man. I, would say brother, Dark I know oh,
0: Hold on for a second. Shango, please forgive He likes uh, huh? Wolverine Origins. Please forgive me, Shango. He's young. He don't know. Please forgive me. <laughs> I'm just in the scene on your behalf. You like that, Joey? Oh, come on, bro. <laughs> come on, man. The, it, the nuclear it, fight on the nuclear and they stitched up Ryan Riddle's mouth. You talking about that one? Huh? You talking about the woman that stitched up Ryan Reynolds' mouth?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That 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 that, that was man. just it. It was just that was pretty quick. bad. I'm like, okay, at
0: least you put it at the end. I not mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah, even call it, but that, uh, that's it, fine. It has
2: its. It has its good points. I love how they um, like in the beginning, I love how, I love how they took a lot of inspiration from the actual uh, comic book and, and, and trade paperback Origins. Okay. My wife don't even really, you know, read comic books. But that's one of her, like, she'll go on my bookshelf and she'll, like, maybe once or twice a year, she'll read Origins.
0: Wow. She'll read.
2: Okay. Yeah, it's very well done. So I like how in the beginning of the of um, X-Men Origins Wolverine that they, they took from that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um
0: you mean like the collage, like the and, time collage when they were fighting in one war and then another war and then, you know, that kind yeah, of stuff I mean, him in the Sabretooth? Okay.
2: He, I, I I like how they built up he and um relationship. Mm-hmm. And even though they're not brothers, I do like how um, they alluded to one of those false memories that Wolverine had, you know, back when he didn't know his past. Yeah. You know, at one point. People were thinking that they were brothers. At one point, uh, it was they had an implanted memory in his head that Sabertooth was his father. This was like during the nineties.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it was like one of those implanted memories that didn't mm-hmm. last long at all. But it was just an implanted memory by this. Um, I can't even think of his name. But it was another. It was like a this evil telepath type of. I think it was. It was another one of Department H's failed experiments or whatever that was coming forward basically okay. Team X. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, it's basically uh, doing. Matter of fact, it was doing. Um, it was doing Wolverine's run during the same time when Jim Lee had the X Men um, in the nineties. Okay. So basically, when you had X Men number one all the way through number ten, and you had Uncanny two eighty one all the way through two ninety, okay. Wolverine. I forgot what Wolverine was like on number sixty, I believe. So, I think basically through like like issue 65 and 72, you had this whole thing that something like Silver Fox. Basically, I think that's one of the things, one of the areas they took from too. When you saw Team X in that movie, you know, Mm -hmm. Silver Fox, of course, in in that movie wasn't part of Team X, but she was being used. You know, you had Silver Fox, you had Race, you had, uh, you know, of course, Sabretooth, and you had Maverick. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, talking about that actually and talking about that story arc in, in, in that Wolverine comic actually makes me give X Men Origins a little bit more props. Okay. And I ain't going yeah. lie, I thought Gambit was an interesting ad. You know, um,
0: I would give him. I didn't think, I think the they did bad. Gambit pretty good. I think they did Gambit pretty good.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think he was bad at all. I yeah. think he was just in a bad movie.
0: Yeah, I think he was a standout. If he was in another film, I think it, you know it, his performance would have got more light, but um
2: yeah, and and he was doing some cool stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He was. I mean, with the bow staff and everything, I'm like, okay, I've never seen him, but that was actually pretty freaking flat.
0: Yeah, and then I and then I think about it when when Wolverine and Sabertooth were fighting in the alley, and Wolverine charged at him on all fours. I was amazed mm-hmm. that they did it. They did that because that's something that you would yep. expect maybe in the comic because he gets real feral or whatever, but. In this retractable mm-hmm. claws or whatever, I didn't think that they picked the right guy because I still had the cat you know. from X Men One in my head. You know what I yeah. mean? Who looked like straight cosplay? You know? <laughs> you, <laughs> you,
2: you know who I from Cats is? You, know you know who know I, what I mean? think? You know who I think would be a good saber tooth? Who's that? But I think he'd have to get in shape now, um, unless that was makeup on Stranger Things. Um, the guy who played—I um, can't think of his name—but he played the cop on Stranger Things. He was Elle's, um Have you seen Stranger Things yet?
0: I've seen like the first couple episodes with the ball-headed little girl. Are you talking about?
2: Yeah. Basically, he's the guy that's the cop. He also played in Joe Dirt. Um, no, I that one. Man, um, look up Joe Dirt and look up Stranger Things, mm-hmm. and he's one of the—he's basically one of the writers. Of, I think I guess she, he's her ex-boyfriend from high school or something, but. He um he plays like the cop. Okay. Um the cop or the sheriff in town or what have you. But he looks like Sabretooth. And then if you if you watch Joe Dirt, which came out a while ago now, mm-hmm. um he with had Spade, like, this David long Spade? hair. Huh? Okay. You, the guy you're talking about yeah, with David Spade? Okay. That's the movie with David Spade, yeah. but it was one scene where David was getting beat up by this one guy. But it was that, it was that particular guy, and I can't think of his name. But in in that movie, David
0: Harbor, I'm looking it up. I think now. that's him. Yeah, that's the guy, the cop on Stranger Things. I, I see what you're yeah. talking about. I could see him with with just a little bit of prosthetics or whatever. Yeah. I could see him doing uh, doing saber I see what you're saying.
2: Okay. Google right. uh, Google Google Joe Dirt and. I was just thinking about it. Then my wife was just watching Joe Dirt one day and I sat down and watched it with her and I saw the same actor. I was like, bro. Cause in the, in Joe Dirt it's like, he has like this long hair and I think he has like, I think he has facial hair. It, I'm like, this dude is saber tooth.
0: Okay. All right. All right. So, all right.
2: But I see, I know all of that now is, is, is just that, you know, people are having fun now with like casting these future movies that we don't even know is coming. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, we way off of the
0: uh, the Sankofa's embrace, but uh, I know. Uh, let me I just know. get this one little more aside from you, since we're talking about okay. that. Um, besides the the comic, you know, the X Men comics. Were you ever in the New Mutants?
2: Um, yeah, I didn't. Col- I I didn't collect New Mutants. Like I followed them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I only got and plus I'm gonna be honest with you. Like when I was growing up, I grew up. You know. What we call down here in Louisiana, like the country. Okay. Yeah, I didn't um, have access to a comic book store like like that was on like maybe five to fifteen minutes away. Sure. So, you know, the next city over was Baton Rouge, and that was on like that was maybe about an hour away from us. And but the comic book store itself, you know, they would just pop up, you know, in flea markets and what have. Gotcha. Um. So whenever I would get to get to a flea market, that's when I was able to get like a lot of back issues. But I did buy a few new mutants. But I knew enough about them to right, know. Well, let me, what let, was me going let me let me ask
0: you this one. My favorite uh, my favorite um, X Men storyline, I guess, or or trilogy, or whatever you want to call a series, was House of M.
2: Yeah, that's a big one.
0: Now, if you were to if you were to like uh, do like a, a series like a trilogy of movies or a whole series, you know, like they did with the Avengers, they had these individual. Like, if you would do that whole that whole strategy, like how would you approach X Men? Like, would you do individual movies and then let it lead up to House of M or Days of Future Past or? What was the one like, you where you what you know what I'm saying I, like how I would was, you approach it I was
2: just thinking about this the other day man okay. um what I would do and Marvel is so remarkable with it
0: Mhm
2: and I, this is what I think they will do I think they're going to they're going to introduce mutants I, I also think that's why Eternals is coming out too one of the reasons too mm-hmm. um I think I would introduce mutants through other movies and some of the Disney Plus shows, hmm. I would introduce them through other movies. Like for instance, let's say they wanted to do an Incredible Hawk, another Incredible Hulk movie, which I do. And let's say he he becomes savage again or something. Mm-hmm. That's the perfect movie to introduce Wolverine in.
0: Oh, stop playing, Kev, man! You talk about Kev, Hulk versus Wolverine, Kevin.
2: Kev, Bro, Kevin Feige, they are they are known for really being true to a lot of com- classic comic stories even if remotely Wolverine's first appearance was incredible Hulk. Right. Before the X-Men. Yeah. Right.
0: Okay.
2: He was he was sent he was sent by the government. Uh it was he if you ever watched the cartoon uh, Wolverine versus Hulk they had like this other character Wendigo on there.
1: Yeah.
2: Um so Wendigo was a part of the story too but he was basically Wolverine was sent to capture the Hulk mm-hmm. or kill the Hulk. That's the perfect movie to introduce Wolverine in. Of course, everybody was like, well, you know, they can introduce Storm and Black Panther 2 or 3. No, that's now, Deadpool are you
0: t- are you trying to do the version where he had Deadpool in there too?
2: Nah, nah, nah. Oh, nah. man. You guys, come on, I don't know. On, I, I, I don't know. On, man. But, but that's how I would do it. It's like, I, I would, basically, I would treat them like the Avengers movies. Okay. Like, but they don't, they still wouldn't necessarily have to be like large in scale but I would introduce the mutants in different movies to come together in maybe an X-Men film okay. because we know the origins of the X-Men. You mm-hmm. know, it's been overly done over and over again yeah. through film and television. So mm-hmm. just I, I would take a, a slightly different approach, just like they did with Spider-Man. Okay. And I really think with, with, with what's going on in the comic books right now with X-Men, hmm. <laughs> and I'm really thinking they really... A, um even though jonathan hickman who is currently writing the x-men right now even though he also pretty much expressed like a little disdainment over um like how movies shouldn't constantly you know uh or no comic books i think shouldn't constantly reflect the movies or something right. like that and right. it made a lot of sense mm-hmm. um especially from a storytelling point of view yeah but uh but a lo- but. That being said, a lot of the material that I believe he wrote in some of those stories, like Fantastic Four or some of the Avengers stories, I think was kind of translated into some of those movies that it became real successful. Okay. So, you know, Marvel, you know, a lot of fans right now are speculating, and rightfully so. The X-Men, as far as like the movie property go, is back with Marvel the X-Men has been going by the wayside when it was at one point Marvel's top seller for years. Yeah. And they had to focus, you know, because at the end of the day, money talks. Mm-hmm. Money was talking for the Avengers and Tony Stark. A lot of characters that you can argue were really B-List.
0: Absolutely. Iron Man was never an and, A-List character.
2: No, never. Yeah. B-List. Probably B-List at most. Um, but after those movies came out, mm-hmm. bruh, that's like pretty much all you saw. Yeah. But then you have on the other side, the X-Men under Fox was, wasn't was doing so well. And the comic books, it's like, we're just falling. But I was, you know, I'm X-Men fan through thick and thin. Yeah. But with what they got Jonathan Hickman on the story, and I'm like, I don't think it's a coincidence that they got this dude who's a major player in, the hist- in comic book writing mm-hmm. on what was once their major title, one of their major titles. I'm thinking they, they know what they're doing. Okay. They know exactly what they're doing, and I'm here for it. I mean, I, I want something different. Um, but that's what I would do, man. I would just introduce mutants gradually, mm-hmm. drop them little Easter eggs like they always do, mm-hmm. just like they did, I think, in um, Avengers 2, Age of Ultron. Okay. I think they I think they said Wakanda one time in that movie. Right,
0: right, right. right. And
2: you're like, oh, shit, Wakanda. Mm-hmm. We, you know what's coming next. Right. We didn't know we were gonna get it that soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know we got it with Civil War. You know, so they drop like these little names and these little these, these little hints. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're gonna do with with mutants. Um, and I don't think it's gonna be like people are wondering like, well, where have they been? And people are you know debating and I'm like, actually, it it probably it's probably not even that difficult,
0: right?
2: You know. You, you, you keep you know you forget that Professor X is the most powerful tele well next to Gene and a few other people the most powerful telepath in Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. This dude can make people forget.
0: Right.
2: And they and the Marvel movies are also good about doing these period movies like they did with Captain America.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Who knows when we get an X Men film, it might not even be based in the in in the um you know in the current time period. Mm-hmm. It may be based in the past to set up. Something bigger that's coming, like with Captain Marvel, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I agree. I know we're supposed to be talking about San we're Kofa's supposed to be embrace. talking
0: about Sankofa's embrace, <laughs> but I, I, this is this is the whole I mean, you know kind of geek out on 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 the stuff. And but that's that's the, the wonderful thing I love about the, the podcast is I can go there, you know what I mean, with you and everything. And, and then I mean, people are going to feast on that as much as they're going to feast on this. But I want everybody to go pick up at San Sankofa's embrace. If you go to Sankofa's Embrace dot Right? com. Yep. Yep. You can pick up the book like I did. And I did want to compliment you. Uh, the fulfillment, right? You mailing it to me was fast and easy. I bought three books Man. that day. I bought um, uh, some heavy metal books. I bought yeah. uh, your book. And then I bought one other uh, independent. And I still haven't got their book.
2: <laughs> you know what I'm so, saying? So, I'm, I mean, it's like... I'm, I'm, 90 percent chance you gotta,
0: i get the book so i, I appreciate you I, doing that man it's important
2: dude when you when you said that brother i was like throwing the fist up in the air man um i gotta give a lot of more credit to my wife queen on that one beautiful um uh it was and i and i want to speak on that too about her Go ahead. in particular um but before i say talk about that um early on it was a little rocky because it was our first time doing it like we're doing everything with the exception of printing <laughs> okay we're doing everything including going to the post office mm-hmm. um and i think people understand that uh when when they when they see me doing all of that then they look at the the um the price tag of the comic mm-hmm. and they're like okay uh, i understand what i'm paying for
1: right
2: <laughs> you know um I, I, in the beginning, it was a little rough because I had so many artists. Thank God, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and the U.S. Postal Service is trifling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, what? No, dis, no disrespect to anybody who works for the U.S. Postal Service because I respect <laughs> my peoples. Okay. But you have to, and you saw it on your package. Uh-huh. You have to write in big, bold letters. Do not bend.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Because if I if I was to use like FedEx or or God forbid, uh, UPS, mm-hmm. the shipping price the shipping price would be a whole lot more expensive. Yeah. Because you got to recoup that,
0: you mm-hmm.
2: know. Um, the the U.S. Postal Service they have a lot of more benefits when you're mailing stuff off. Yeah. Especially when it's books, you know, but other than, and, I, and I, so I had a little hiccups. That's why now, like, even if I try to package it, as, even if I package it, like you can't even slice it with adamantium. Right. I'm still going to write do not bend on there because yeah. quality is a big thing. Um, when I first got the book in, Matter of fact, my wife got it first. Like first thing we did was we um we did previews because mm-hmm. my intentions was to like we did Wizard World Comic Con. Like, we always pretty much do Wizard World Comic Con in New Orleans when we can. Mm-hmm. We did Wizard World Comic Con this year in New Orleans. In the previous years, I had just been promoting it. Like. I'm working on this, had a little mini comic books one time, like little four page mini comics. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, we're going to have that first issue ready. Didn't happen, but I had enough to do a preview. So we did the preview and I was about to use Kablam, Mm -hmm. but somebody um, helped me to Greco Printing uh, in their their sub printing place, uh, Comics Wellspring. Okay. So, um, and I got to give a shout out to my art comrade for doing that, Sheba Maya. Check her art out.
0: Okay.
2: Um, so I was like, I checked them out. I was like, okay, their prices are not bad. So, you know, you, you choose what type of paper you want. I even know, I was like, okay, I, I have some, like, you know, I'm an artist, so I have some background in, like, paper weight, mm-hmm. but I still didn't know what I was getting. So I was like, well, I'm going to get. I'm gonna get the the, the hard cards, the hundred pound card stock, cover, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna just get the regular pages since it's a black and white comic. Right. Got it in. It's like you know, my wife looked at me. I looked at her. She finished like, "Oh, we definitely using them."
0: Oh, okay.
2: So fast forward to when we got the actual book, which we, it would be the first time that the book is gonna appear at um, with the World Comic Con in New Orleans. Mm. I mean, we had the preview. We only, I was only able to get 25 copies. Mm-hmm. They, they, Wizard World let me use their logo as an exclusive. Wow. So the first 25 I ever printed was Wizard World exclusive. Mm-hmm. Then they shot it out on their website. Then people were, like, looking for it. Wow. And, yeah, the looks on people's faces when I was sold out, like, oh, but, yeah, I like that look. Beautiful, beautiful, but, um, beautiful. All
0: right, so speaking man, of uh, Wizard World... Um, you told me that you were going to be at a, a convention, a Baton Rouge uh, blackout. Yeah. Tell me about that.
2: In, in, yeah, in Baton Rouge, uh, my my uh, friend Donnie Rose, um, and actually Donnie Rose, um, and forgive me if I'm saying the title wrong. Um, Kennedy was the Kennedy Award recipient okay kennedy Senator, award recipient you know that when they recognize people doing like real great things okay um he 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 was recognized i believe last year and um he's just been doing great he does great things um in the city with with um with poets he was one of my poetic mentors when Mm -hmm. i was in the spoken word poetry scene um but he and a few other people um Few other spoken word artists, you know, they work a lot with teenagers, helping them develop writing skills.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but Donnie, um, he and a few others, uh, Donnie um, uh, put together this convention last year called Black Out Loud. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of things happening in Baton Rouge alone. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Alton Sterling case. Um, um, the brother who was pretty much, um,
0: Oh yes, yes, yes. You know? That horrible yeah. case. Yeah. I, I and remember. Then, yeah.
2: Right. At, yeah. Right after that, you know, you had, um, you know, you had this shooter that was in Baton Rouge, uh-huh. um, who said on his own manifesto that he is not affiliated with any black group, mm-hmm. but they, you know how they go. They try to lump everything in, mm-hmm. but it was pretty hot in the city, man. Um, but so Donnie um, put together uh, got with a lot of different groups of people mm-hmm. and put together this 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 convention that pretty much focused on being black out loud. You know. Now I'm looking on the on
0: Eventbrite website and it says Black Out Loud Conference 2019 August 2nd yeah. through the 4th Southern University mm-hmm. Baton Rouge. Is that the one?
2: That's it. Okay. 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 And I will be uh, vending. Um, and selling Sanco, selling copies of Sankofa's embrace. And if anybody's from Baton Rouge listening, you want uh, this is your next time to get it without having to worry about paying shipping costs.
0: You Beautiful. Because even
2: even for people in Baton Rouge, they still have to order it if I'm not um popped up anywhere.
0: Gotcha. gotcha it's
2: just gotcha. a great way of keeping everything streamlined. Mm-hmm. You know, and not setting out my trunk like I would do like my art prints and what have you.
0: Okay. You okay.
2: know, no no disrespect to anybody setting their come book out their trunk, you mm-hmm. do you. Mm-hmm. But even though, you know, we are not with a national publishing company, we are self-publishing in ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're still going into it like, you know, it's fun. We're having fun doing it. But it's still the level of professionalism in it. Yeah. And that's all the way down to the print quality, which when we got that quality what my wife saw it first.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And she sent me a text. She's like, they ain't ready. She's like, hell, <laughs> you ain't ready. Dude, I got off work. Mm-hmm. I came home. Uh-huh. It was right there on my drafting table. Wow. I opened up that package. It was, it was like I was doing everything except for opening that package. Wow. So I sat down. I sat down and I opened it up. And when I touched it, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. But when I opened it, Mm-hmm. I chose like, I think it was the paper was like 80 pound glassy or something. Mm-hmm. I had no idea of how thick it was going to be. Yeah. I was like, damn, this book kind of thick. Yeah. It's going to be 32 pages. But when I opened it and touched the pages, mm-hmm. I was like, what?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I got <laughs> it. I mean, it's very well produced. The color's rich. You know what I mean? And uh, it's not like a poor quality print job. So sometimes the ink come off on your hand or whatever. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's a very professional, very high quality. I would say a collector's uh, item that that everybody needs to have uh, what, in their collection. I, I, so,
2: not to cut you off, but I'm mm-hmm. glad you said that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Anybody's listening, you get that. Anybody who gets that comic book right now, consider yourself having a collector's item because I guarantee you, when we do get when we do get distribution. Mm-hmm um, more than likely it's going to be printed with whoever they use. Right. You know, um, it's pretty much going to be printed with whatever they use. And of course it's probably going to be a different price, Yep. but it's going to be printed. Like for instance, I get with image Mm -hmm. or somebody like that. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much legwork that my wife, Queen and I, you know, won't be doing, right. You know, we just going to be pretty much, I'm just going to be pretty much creating, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and they're going to be distributed. And so, anybody who has that issue one and issue two uh, and whatever issue I create before we get that mass distribution, Mm -hmm. consider yourself a collector's item. Now, I um, I gotta
0: tell you, you're the second creator to tell me that in two weeks because there's another creator that I'm going to be interviewing uh, I guess maybe a couple days. You can't get physical copies of his book anymore. mm -hmm. In my hand, I have You mentioned image. I have Prince of Cats uh, by Ronald uh, Wimberly, who did like that Romeo and Juliet hip hop thing. You can't get the hard copy. You can't get the hardcover no more. Last year you could. You can't get it no more unless you want to pay two hundred dollars. I bought two two copies of the paperback just because. So this is what's happening with you guys, with with creators like yourself. Y'all are the Dizzy Gillespie's and the the Miles Davis's before they get signed right before they end up on uh, Blue Note or before they end up on you know whatever the record label and and Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying so when when, when Antoine tells you buy this book buy the book because next year around this time it might be all sold out you know what I mean or it might come out in a different edition and different paper and whatever you know Go
2: I mean, and, I mean, as it stands right now, you know, um, you know, we, we're ordering as many as we can, you know, when we get the funds, you know, because yep. it is expensive. Yep. Um, so listen, man, I want to.
0: I want to be respectful, respectful of your time. So do me this solid. Tell me what social media people can find you at, and where they oh, can okay. get the book.
2: Um. You can find me, I'm on Facebook as Antoine Mitchell, and then, you know, if it pops up a parenthesis, it might say like Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Okay. But you can also like Sankofa's Embrace on Facebook, and let me um, spell it, it's uh, F-A-N-K-O-F-A, mm-hmm. and Embrace is spelled E-Y-M-B-R-A-C-E, mm-hmm. Um, and just look for Sankofa's Embrace on Facebook and click like. Um, same thing with Instagram. Um Office oh, embrace just one word. Um I'm a, I'm gonna be getting a few on, on a few other though, on a on a few of those other uh, social media platforms like Patreon and what have you, but okay. I'm just pretty much taking my time with that so I can learn the ins and outs on it before I jump here first into it.
0: Sure, sure.
2: Um because this thing is life now. And look, I gotta give you props, dude. I, I'm really happy that you talked about my wife queen's letter
0: mm-hmm. that was heavy
2: um that uh um i i can't give her enough credit mm-hmm. um she has been here through literally the blood sweat and tears there has been there has been literally blood mm. <laughs> there has been tears mm-hmm. um and there has been sweat because one time my ac went off and yeah i and live in <laughs> louisiana and the summertime ain't good right. but there's been sweat um You know, she, she, and she's my critical ear too. Mm -hmm. She is not a groupie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She will tell me, baby, I know you're doing a fantasy, but that, that, I don't, I don't see it. That don't make sense. Mm -hmm. You know, um, she, she is very much a part of this book. It may have started with me back in 99 and grew, but she is the one that actually, um, that actually helped me with the title because at first it started off as embrace mm-hmm. i-y-m-b-r-a-c-e but it was a problem with that because people were saying ombre anyway
1: mm-hmm.
2: um but then when i started learning more about uh african history and african culture and just like different indigenous cultures because um, mm-hmm. i took a lot from africa would be like the platform of cultures that i that I'm inspired by with this book, mm-hmm. but I take from so, I, I take from so many inspiration from so many different cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, but at its core, it's an Afro fantasy and my target audience at its core is black people across the diaspora. Mm-hmm. Um, but anybody can enjoy it, mm-hmm. but I'm unapologetically, I unapologetically say this story, my primary target audience is black people. Beautiful. Um, I just didn't want to write
0: myself into a corner. You if you and, do a quality black, black uh project, there is no corners.
2: Exactly. <laughs> you know
0: say it's like Thank you for the correction. There, there is no corners. I mean, you know, and and it's beautiful that you say that, but I just I just want to encourage you and this this is what I think this podcast ends up doing. You're doing great work. Keep doing it. Uh you've built it and so they'll come and uh, i'm very proud to have this in my collection i can't wait for number 2 thank you for the little postcard it, it, that you uh, included it, it in the package and everything and uh, you Thanks. must be somebody with a good woman like that in your corner so uh, so that's that's oh, beautiful lucky. man yep yep yeah
2: she just came, she just came home <laughs> oh that's beautiful
0: beautiful mr antoine ghost mitchell brother <laughs> it's been an honor to have you on the program
2: Brother, it's been an honor speaking with you, and thank you so much for the love and support. And uh, oh, www.sankofasembrace.com, S-A-N-K-O-F-A-S-E-Y-M-B-R-A-C dot com.
0: All right, family, we're about to get out of here. Uh, this is Jonathan Sewell so Speak with you now. You can follow me on uh, the the social media sites. Uh, Let's see uh, JonathanSoul So it's at J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N-S-U-L On uh, you know, Twitter On uh, InstaFace uh, Instagram And uh, SoundCloud of course You might be listening to us on SoundCloud iTunes And uh, of course I got a website JonathanSoul.com Where I kind of put all my little interviews And all my uh, comic book reviews together And if you want to support the broadcast, you can do two things. One, you can share it with all your friends and family. Uh, Just share the link and uh, so we can spread the word about these wonderful entrepreneurs that are in this comic book sci-fi space. And you can buy my novel. I have an e-book, a novel on Amazon called Malcolm Mars. Uh, Three families, brothers and engineers, they build a starship. They take their families from Earth to Mars to build a whole new scene. All right? Check me out. Support the broadcast. Love you guys. Hope all your dreams come true. Peace.